Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Hey, uh, I feel like the Lord gave me a word uh, for you guys. Before I do, I'll, I'll share a, uh, a joke. Uh, a family had, um, I, I was sitting next to Pastor Jamie and a woman came in and sat next to me. It looked like a, a mini Jamie. And uh, I said, are you related to her because you look like a, a family had uh, identical twin boys. And they were physically just exactly alike, but their personalities were opposite. One was an uh, eternal optimist and one was a doom and gloom pessimist. And on their 10th birthday, their father decided to try an experiment. So he went out and bought every imaginable toy a 10-year-old boy would want, a new bike, all the new electronic toys, everything. And he flooded that young boy's room with all those toys. Then he went out and bought a truck full of horse manure and put that into his optimist son's, twin son's room. And later on that day, he was walking in the hallway and he passed the pessimist son's room and he found him sitting in the midst of all those toys, bitterly crying. And he said, son, why are you crying with all these toys? And the little boy said, someday these toys are going to break. And now all my friends are going to be jealous of me. And look at all the batteries I'm going to need for all these new toys. And he started wailing. And father walked down the hallway, came to the optimist son's room, and found him jumping up and down for joy in the middle of the horse manure. And he said, son, why are you so happy? And the boy answered back, daddy, there's got to be a pony in here someplace. <laughs> and I want to say to you, if you're in a horse manure season, there's got to be a pony in there someplace. Or as, uh, or as Paul said, all things work together for good uh, to them that love God called by his purpose. And I feel like I just want to share, um, there's, there's, there's just a great um, environment, a great DNA and culture here at Church 1132. And I want to just talk about that for a minute, about just my initial perceptions this is a house of breakthrough. And it's interesting that you're aligning for a breakthrough year. That is really the destiny of this house. That people will come here from around the world to receive the breakthrough they hunger for. Because it is embedded into the DNA code of the culture of this church. Its founder, its leaders, its, its current membership. All of those things make up. Uh, of course, by the Holy Spirit, what God is doing. In the book of uh, Ruth, Ruth is a great story of uh, really a couple of women that experienced devastation. And one of them, the, the, key, uh, the, the key woman is a woman named Naomi. And uh, she was a Jewish woman who, along with her husband and two sons, lived in Bethlehem. And in a season of harsh uh, famine, they were forced out of Bethlehem into, to go to Moab because there wasn't enough food. Wasn't enough, there was no bread at the house of bread. And it's so interesting that uh, often people leave the church because the church stops sustaining them spiritually. They're not fed anymore. And the church can often complain about people leaving. But this is a church, a house of bread church. This is a church that feeds the soul. 
this is a breakthrough house. But they, they went to Moab. Her two sons found girls there, and they married there. And uh, in one unbelievably difficult season, all three men died. Her husband died first, and both sons died. So three women are left to be widows. It's really heartbreaking. And one day, Naomi got the girls together, the, the two younger women, and said, listen, I don't have any more sons in me. I'm just releasing you to go about your life, and you know maybe God will bring you another husband. And the one said, okay. She, she, Oprah kissed her and left her. But, but the other one, Ruth, the Moabitess, said, no, I'm not going to leave you. I still believe in you. I'm always encouraged that there are people that see who God's called us to be, not just where we are. Those friends, those covenant brothers and sisters, those prophetic uh, um, witnesses are people of, often you just need one or two of them in your whole lifetime to sustain you in difficult moments. But so Ruth said, I'm going where you go. Well, they went back to Bethlehem, and as she comes home after a long while, her old friends, all the gals in town, start shouting, Naomi, welcome home, welcome home. And her name means pleasant one. And uh, so every time she heard her name, she heard a contradiction between what she was called and how she lived or where she lived. And, and so she, she said, please stop calling me by my given name because I went out full, but I'm coming home empty. Call me Mara, bitter, bitter one, because life has been harsh with me. But she was making a conclusion before the book was over. See, see you can't turn to the middle of the book and make a conclusion about how it's going to end. Because your God loves to write good endings to your story. Give him the chance to write a good ending to your story. Don't, like my wife said, don't give up before the fat angel sings. Something like that. <laughs> so they come back and um, just a couple of things about Naomi and her, her name. The Bible, in its design by God, is the book of identity. It, the Bible de describes itself as a mirror. Whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues to look therein will be transformed into the same image, image that, that they see. So the Bible is a book of identity because it tells us who we are in Christ. So that's the theme of the New Testament. And uh, whenever we make it a book of behavior, whenever we demand behavior to come before identity, we put a burden on people. We, we, we bondage them. But see, in the kingdom of God, God changes our hearts, and then our whole world changes. He helps us change our mind, and then our whole decision process, and then our actions change. So, you know, the most important thing in life is what you believe about God. That's universally true. And in the evangelical community, we, we there's, there's unanimity of belief that that's the most important thing because eternity hinges on that. But I'd like to say this. The second most important thing in my priorities, the second most important thing in life is what you believe about yourself. It's impossible for God to do big things through small people. And it's not that people, it's the word idea is small. When people see themselves as less than who God's made them, it disqualifies them from what God's called them to do, to be in this world. So the Bible is constantly, 
exposing us. We're more than conquerors. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We're God's workmanship, his one-of-a-kind original masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. We've been accepted in the beloved. We've been delivered from the power of the enemy. Our sins have been forgiven. We've been, uh, through Jesus Christ, adopted into the very family of God. We are the children of God. He calls us by name. That's who we are. So breakthroughs begin when people properly accept their God-given identity. And so I had to, as a, as a young man, I had to, um, all through my younger years, through sports accomplishment, I formed an identity of success. And I just, I, I found success a very intoxicating thing. God allowed me to be successful in the ministry, but, but I was building a false image of my identity because when you build your, your image on success, your, your life will crumble if you experience any difficulty or failure. And uh, I found out that Jesus loves me as much on my worst day as he does on my best day, that, I, that, that nothing I do can make him love me more. Or make me love, make him love me less. And so, um, identity is really is what. So say no, Naomi's complaining. Don't call me that. But God had a Boaz for Ruth, and uh, so Boaz was a rich bachelor. He marries Ruth, and all of a sudden, their their lives because he starts. He says, "I'm going to take care of you, Ruth, and your mother-in-law. I'm scooping up all of your debt." He took off his his shoe and he he made a covenant. He said, "I'm." I'm not the closest relative, but I redeemed this family. I redeemed them. It's a picture of Jesus, our Redeemer. But the women then of the village pronounce a blessing over her. And I said, I'm sorry to say all that just to get to my first scripture. Uh, In Ruth chapter 4, verse 11, the people who were at the gate, the elders said, we are witnesses, witnesses of the covenantal transaction of Boaz, obtaining Ruth as his wife, absorbing any debts, their whole, their whole life. The Lord make this woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel, and may you prosper in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem. That's a great statement about Jesus. We want his name to be famous. Here's my scripture. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Perez is a Hebrew word. It just means breakthrough. So I declare over this awesome church, God's called 1132 to be a house of breakthrough. And that means a couple of things. That means God brought you here to obtain a breakthrough. God brought you here to help other people break through. And God's going to use this church to help people break through from all over the world. Because there's a grace upon you. I noticed right away. The awesome young man that picked us up, and Tyler and Cameron, and uh, there's a special grace on the leadership, the quality of leaders in this house. They're all significantly uh, anointed and called. There's a breakthrough grace here. So I want to just, just for a moment talk about, turn to someone and say, this is the house of breakthrough. Just tell them that. But I'd like to read 
kind of the beginning, the genesis of that story. It comes from Genesis chapter 38. And it's where Tamar, Tamar is the woman, she gave birth to Perez, breakthrough. So there's a breakthrough in you. You're destined for it. And uh, I didn't know there was a time in my life that I thought I was so broken there was no more breakthroughs. So, uh, so miserably afflicted by failure and pain. But, but I found out God had put something in me. So our, our Christian journey is to get out, to live out, is to die empty. We want everything God's put in us to be expressed in our life, okay? Every book, every song, every idea, every business, every relationship, every ministry, everything. We want it out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We want to get it out of us. In Genesis 38, so Tamar is just a wonderful young a virginal woman, and she marries into a house of significance, the house of Judah. She marries Judah's firstborn son. And as she does, um, the Bible just says his name is uh, Ur, E-R. The Bible says he's just a bad guy. And no explanation, it just says he dies. And uh, that doesn't give us any other uh, information, but just to say that he created his own, the consequence of his death was in the sinfulness of his life. And uh, so in Hebrew law, there was a principle called Leverite uh, relationships. And a Leverite principle was when a woman, her husband died before she had a male heir because the males were called to take care of their moms or take care of all the women in their family. But she hadn't had a child yet. And so she would be given to the next brother so he could produce a heir through her so that she could have a legacy and that she would have a future. And so she's given to the next brother, and the brother, that brother already has a family. And he decides, you know what, I can't afford any, any uh, rugrats running around. I can't afford to take care. So he, he enjoys the pleasure of sex with uh, Tamar, but he won't impregnate her. And he does that intentionally over a period of time, and it offends God, and he dies too. So she's married to unhealthy men, and both of the men have refused to help her fulfill her destiny. They, they've stopped her from giving birth. And I just want to tell you, no matter who fails you, you have a God who's bigger than the failure of people around you. doesn't matter if it was a father, a husband, a wife, a, a, a boss, a pastor. It does not matter. God is bigger than the failure of people in our lives. And so she, there's one more son, Selah, he's young. And uh, she has to wait, according to this Leverite principle. And Judah says, hey, when he's old enough, I will give you to be his, his wife. But she knew that Judah was lying. And Judah's in his mind thinking, this woman's killing all of my sons. But that's not really the truth. Judah's unconquered uh, immorality is what killed his sons. And just a little point, Judas, of course, means praise as a type, a picture of uh, passionate or gifted people in, in creative people's life that, that there's a, there is a, the, the assignment of the enemies to take them out of the office of their calling through immoral failure. So the, that's the assault against creative people. But anyway, so she figures out, hey, this, this is never going to happen. Uh, this guy lied to me, so she's, she married into a very complex and a very 
um, dishonest and really iniquitous family. And uh, so finally, Judah, the patriarch, his wife dies, and Judah's going to go on a trip. And Tamar says, well, I, I'm believing God to help me overcome this, the dysfunction of this family. And uh, I'm going to do something. So she goes ahead of him and sets up on the way to his, path, on the way to his road a house of prostitution. And it must have been known that, that, was a, that Judah frequented such places. So she sets up a little tent and puts on some Frank Sinatra music and some, uh, you know, a dim, a dim red light. And uh, so he comes there. He sees her. He says, wow. And uh, he has sex with her, doesn't even recognize her. And uh, he says, I don't have my checkbook with, with me, but here's my seal. Here's my staff. Hold on to these. I'm going to do a business transaction. When I come back, I'll pay you. But she, she, after they had sex, she folded up her tent, went back home, and she was pregnant. And uh, so Judah comes back from his trip, and she's not there. He's thinking, oh, I got away with it. But how many of you guys know we don't get away with it? And but anyway, so your sin will find you out, the Bible says. So anyways, um, a few months later, she starts showing. She can hide it for so, only so long, she starts showing. And, uh, and so all the men react, you know, uh, appropriately hypocritical. And they said, look at this harlot. She's pregnant. She's not married. And she deserves to be stoned. She deserves to die. And Judah says, yes, she does. That's horrible. And she just stands there with a little sly smile on her face. Well, I just want to say this one thing, Mr. Judah. The man who gave me this baby also gave me this staff and this signet. And he looks down, it's his staff, his signet. He goes, uh-oh. <laughs> Retro. And he says, I, he says, I'm feeling especially compassionate today. I think that we should just forgive her and let her go on with her life. So all that happened, and she's, she broke through the impossible failure of the men in her life. She had a breakthrough spirit. Come on now. I don't care how many men have let you down. Don't, don't, don't ever believe God will let you down. And don't stop believing him and pressing into him and standing on his promises for your life. And, and so it, the Bible says she's going to have the babies now. And so in verse 27 of chapter 38, of, it, I've been spending too much time setting up my sermon this morning. But 30. Verse 27 says this about these babies. It came to pass for the time of giving birth that, behold, twins were in her womb. So, so here, I, I want you to get this. Breakthrough people are double portion people that have had to overcome extreme odds. But when they overcome, there is an unusually powerful consequence that the Bible describes as a double portion. She doesn't have one, she has two. I declare over you a double portion breakthrough, not even a normal breakthrough. You keep praying for what you're praying for, but when God shows up, it's going to be bigger and better, stronger, greater, double portion upon it. And so there's twins in her. So it came to pass as she was giving birth, verse 28, that one of the twins put out his hand, and the midwife took a scarlet thread and bound it on his hand, and saying, this one came out first. It was important because in the case of multiple births, the firstborn always got double portion. 
So the firstborn son of any family got double portion of the rest of the heirs, especially the male heirs. And so they had to get this right. And so here comes that little hand. So she ties a little scarlet thread on the hand. But all of a sudden, verse 29, it happened. He drew back his hand and that his brother came out unexpectedly. And the midwife said, how did you break through? You weren't supposed to be the one. Come on now, I'm preaching to you now. See, see, you weren't supposed to be the one, Pastor Dustin, but God said you're the one. You weren't supposed to be the one, but, but there was something in you. There was something in the DNA of your soul assigned to breakthrough. And so this other one broke through. How did you break through? This breakthrough be upon you. Therefore, they called the name of the boy Perez or breakthrough. Turn to someone and say, hi, my name's Perez. Just tell them that this morning. What it means to us is a couple of things. That Perez reflected the same attitude of his mother. It's a testimony of someone who, against odds, who, against circumstantial evidence, had a massive accomplishment or breakthrough. And I just want to do, you know, that's our story. Mary shared a little bit of it. We were... We experienced, you know, some crazy things. 20 years, 22 years ago, we were building a big church and a 4,800-seat auditorium in Scottsdale, my boyhood hometown, and our treasurer embezzled $20 million from us. We went through heartache and difficulty. Of course, 10 front-page stories, 6 lawsuits, 15 concurrent attorneys, bankruptcy. The church grew from 4,000 on Sundays to 100. That's the wrong way in a church growth chart. Uh, I became depressed uh, for two and a half years. Uh, seriously, and uh, I knew I was depressed. I, I was finishing my uh, PhD in psychology, so it all worked. That was both good and bad, uh, but all those things really did happen to us. And and like like I, I had the the president of a uh, theological institution come <clears throat> visit my church. He said, "We're just here to study. We're, we've been studying your church because it's so unusual what's happened." And I said, you know, the only reason it's unusual is that people quit before God's done. Because I am not unusual. It's Jesus who's unusual. It's the Holy Spirit that's unusual in me. <clears throat> and, and so often people leave the battlefield before God has assigned them the victory or the restoration, the breakthrough. And we don't want to quit when we're, when, before God's done. And so... In, in the story of Perez, Perez carried the same quality. In fact, Perez, you know, had a son and, uh, named Obed. He had a son named Jesse. Jesse had a son named David. David had a son named Jesus. In the lineage of Jesus is Perez as his breakthrough. Now, now Tamar, her name means palm tree. And uh, um, you guys have palm trees in Texas too, right? Some? Some? So... You know, those long, we have date palms. We have uh, these awesome palm trees. We have a couple at our church that are 50, uh, 50 or 60 feet high. They're just awesome. You know, you have to, you have to rent a crane to, to trim them and, uh, or have someone that's crazy climb up them. Uh, but the palm trees are phenomenal things because they can survive the most arid climate. God gave them this, this root system. They have a tap root. 
And a taproot is a root that goes in the ground and searches for water. So I could have a palm tree, Mary and I could have a palm tree in our, in our yard, but the root of it might go across the street into our neighbor's water system and steal their water. They're, they're, it goes wherever it has to to survive. And that's, in, see, see, a bunch of you shouldn't be here today. You shouldn't have survived what you've been through and the difficulty, but there was something in your root system that, that searched out life and, and water, nourishment, and recovery. And that God made you that way, your breakthrough. And palm trees can, they have, if, if you watch a hurricane when it comes through um, uh, Florida, and um, all the trees are gone, all the oak trees, the massive oak trees are gone, the mulberry trees, they're all gone, but the palm trees are left over because a palm tree can literally go all the way down horizontal to the ground. It can bend down and touch the ground and still come back. They've been unbelievable flexibility, resilience. And God's given you the spirit of resilience, a flexible life. And so many times when people thought you were down and out, you sprung back up. You have a overcoming, you have a breakthrough spirit. Breakthrough people are people that when they're knocked down, they get back up. They're, they're, they're people that even though the odds are against them, they refuse to give up before God tells them it's over. And there's something on this house. There's a special grace and a calling. I'm going to talk more about it tonight. There's a specific uh, orchestration of God's purpose that many Great champions of the kingdom are going to be raised up and sent out of this house carrying the same mantle, the same DNA. And I just want to commend your pastors for obeying God and for, for breaking through. You know, even uh, in the building of your building, this is a breakthrough. This is a significant supernatural breakthrough. And... Uh, God's going to do some amazing things. So I declare over you this morning, God, I thank you for this house of breakthrough. Thank you for the beautiful grace that's here, the culture that you've established by your kingdom, by your predestined purpose. Thank you for the calling. Pastor Dustin and Jamie and the staff, thank you, God, for the outrageous things you've done in them. And I heard the Lord say, Pastor Dustin, the Lord raised you up and put his hand upon you and gave you a triumphant spirit, gave you an unusual faith, the gift of faith. God gave you a boldness of uh, a belief and of action. And the Lord so pleased in the way that you've so eagerly deposited into others what God has so lovingly deposited into you that you've been a, a fluid channel of blessing to so many and this house reflects not just the things that you preach, but it reflects the person you are. It reflects the character that you live by and the anointings that you function by. And people are going to come here one way, but they're going to leave here another way. People are going to come here searching, but they're going to leave here with answers, solutions, and graces. 
And many people from different aspects of life, from business and media and sports and education and, and, uh, and every realm of arts are going to come here. And, the, and they're going to find something awakening inside of them because God's anointed you to be a David, to be one who awakens the greatness of men of valor, of women of valor. And there will, there will going to be a great accomplishment. And the Lord said, you're just in the this, this seasons of a beginning of things. So I see three buildings, and I see them progressive. This being the first, and I see God doing some amazing things. And when people say, why is your church focused on this arena? But God says, you properly focused on reaching the young because the Lord says, I am stopping the momentum of the enemy and stealing a generation from my kingdom. And the Lord said, I've raised up this house as a house of deliverance and breakthrough. And people are going to see that you can reach and empower the young. You can train them and you can help them be transformed into their destiny. And so many strong leaders are going to emerge in these next 10 years that people are going to send their leaders here so they can have a taste and they can have a glimpse and they can have an impact that what God's doing here. And the Lord says, you've made your plans. Yes, you have your five-year plan and you have your strategic thinking, but I'm going to disrupt your plans because I'm accelerating things to a new dimension. I'm speeding things up. I'm moving things forward. And you're going to see the Lord says that this breakthrough, this past year of accomplishment and fulfilled vision, the Lord said is just the beginning of a domino effects season when things are going to happen one after the other and they'll happen so quick and they're going to happen supernaturally. And the Lord says, I put inside of you the heart, even as a young boy, I put inside of you a David spirit to take to take on giants and to bring down strongholds. And the Lord said, I planted you here. You're in the center of my will. And even though other men said, go here, and people offered you this, and people offered you potentially more promising uh, places, God said, there's a greater promise here because this is my place, this is my calling, and this is my destiny for you and your family. And, and there will be strength that flows to so many. And Mr. Jam Pastor Jamie, I heard the Lord say, thank you for your radical obedience. Thank you for never hesitating when the Spirit of God would speak to your husband and to you. And thank you for being a full partner in all that God's doing. I'm modeling a godly uh, a wife and mother and a godly pastoral woman leader through you. I'm modeling what it looks like to serve Jesus and be radically on fire for Jesus and be cutting edge to the culture. I'm modeling through you, the Lord said, what I would do in raising up champion women. And the women of this house will be known around the world as women of consequence, women of dignity, women of, women of elegance, but women of spiritual substance because the substance inside of you is pouring into the women of this church, pouring into the young, and pouring into all. Thank you, my daughter, for, for, for being strong. And thank you for trusting me. And thank you for praying and believing. A season of reward comes upon you. I declare in Jesus' name, I know you've got probably a house but I see a miracle house coming your way. I loosen housing to you just like God loosed this house to this church. And God, I declare over this family a season of spectacular blessings that you extravagantly show your reward system and your care for those that follow you with the whole heart. And God, thank you for all that you're doing. And the person you cried out for, Pastor Jamie, in your own family, God is rescuing, God is, re God is redeeming, and God is delivering. And you're going to see that Act of faith that answered a prayer very soon. God, thank you for this beautiful family. 
Thank you for grace upon them. Come on, just lift your hands to heaven wherever you're seated, church. Thank you, God. Someone say, this is the house of breakthrough. Say, I have a breakthrough spirit. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've given me the capacity to overcome. Thank you, God. This is my year to break through. This is my year to overcome. This is my year to take back what the enemy has stolen from me. And I thank you, Father, that this church is a breakthrough church and that miracle signs and wonders will be done by Jesus' name. I declare today, there's a couple of people here, one person especially, there's been some kind of relationship or diagnosis with cancer. And let us declare over 1132, this is a cancer-free zone in Jesus' name. And that God, God is by his kingdom moving here. If you, if that's you, say, Pastor, there's some, there's some kind of diagnosis with cancer. What, would you wave your hand at me? If that's you, just wave your hand at me. So, Lord, I thank you for healing. I declare with long life, Psalm 91 says, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. God, I thank you for a radical turnaround in the, in the blood count. I thank you, God, for a redemptive season that everything they said, so I see like percentages like 60 and other. God, I thank you for 100% healing by the blood of Jesus, by the name of Jesus, over our brother, in the mighty name of Jesus. And thank you, God, even as he um, stands and believes you in this season of healing, I thank you that healing comes to his family, breakthroughs come to his family, the supernatural fulfilled promise comes and the, the ones dedicated to the Lord will rise up as strong champions in this generation and God I thank you for even a business breakthrough and I Lord I thank you that 18 months ago when something was taken I think you're giving it back better and bigger and supernaturally multiplied I loosen upon this man a healing restoration and upon his family breakthrough and blessing in Christ's name amen thank you Jesus thank you Lord Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.